Welcome to the Night United podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandes and... I'm Chris Drywardena. Hello, I think. Wait a, wait a second. There's something different today. There's so much glitter and glamour in the air. And, and, and thin, poorly produced plots. It must be a Blansky's Beauty special. Oh, no. Oh, oh, God. Oh, 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 Yes, after after all this time making fun of Blansky's beauties in many different ways, because we have heard so much bad about it, we finally have gotten our hands on some uh, some episodes of the show, and we've been able to uh, to take in one. This was at the request of our wonderful Twitter followers. We had a poll when we hit, uh, I think it was 100 uh, followers, right? Yes, 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 yes. This is when we hit 100 followers on our Twitter. Exactly, yes. And so we had a poll as to what we should cover as a special kind of celebratory episode. We're a little late with that. It's now been about two months, I think, since we ran the poll. And we're actually like up to about, oh, gosh, I think we're we're a little higher on the count now. We're in the 130s. Yeah, uh, we're we'll probably be job. getting we'll be getting close enough that we'll probably have to do another poll soon. Anyway, so we're going to cover this <laughs> uh, this episode. So, um, yeah, which which one are we covering today? This is Nancy Remembers Laverne. Uh, it obviously features a Laverne DeFazio cameo in it. Uh, it was directed by Jerry Paris, the uh, sitcom legend that he was, and it was written by Roger Garrett. We'll have some facts about them later in the episode. And here's what the episode's about. Choreographer Nancy Blansky decides to give her assistant and living nephew, Joey DeLuca, advice when he feels like he's being left out of the social scene that surrounds their small apartment. In the contest between dedication and joy, Joey feels guilty for feeling under-motivated. So Nancy tells him a story about how, after flying into Milwaukee for a benefit show in 1957, she made the acquaintance of Laverne DeFazio and her father Frank, who's emceeing the benefit. Ambitious Laverne is pressing to service as Nancy's secretary and eventually is forced to partner with Nancy during the benefit. Impressed with Laverne's skill level, Nancy offers her a job in Vegas, leaving Laverne to choose between her show business dreams and her simple desire to become a wife and mother. What'd you think of this one, huh? <sighs> Total silence. <laughs> I... Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, There's, there is a lot to unpack about this. Um, you and I have talked about this a lot because yes. it took us it took us a few weeks. It's actually been a while since we even watched the episode, and yeah. I had to watch it a second time to do notes. And on that second viewing, I went from "eh, it wasn't that great" to absolute frothing rage. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the the like it made me violent. Um, we will we will get to the end of this episode, and I'll I'll read off the. Uh, I'll read off what I, I actually like had to cle- cleanse it on my system. And admittedly, there was some other oh, stuff dear. going on that, that day when I did those notes, but, but still just, okay. So yes. that it, the intro song is seventies as hell to the point yes. that it is, it's painfully, this is, this makes great on Clark and Al Adamson movies look cool and hip by comparison. This is a, hey, I'm talking, Shine Your Love is a great song. Yeah. Give it for Shine Your Love. 
Exactly. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking Wonder Women. I'm talking, yes, this yes. made Wonder Women look cool. This made Black Samurai look cool. This made oh. Carnival Magic look good. Oh, Carnival Magic. Wow. Wow. That's a deep cut. Whoa. That's a deep cut. Um, but yeah, oh. uh, I, the gr- I have a little frowny emoji when it gets to Kochi's little feather. Kochi's. <laughs> they actually thought that was an appropriate name for a character in the late 70s. Oh, oh God. just wow, wow. Every time I think about that character name. Um, the theme song to Blansky's Beauties was uh, performed by Cindy Greco, who performs the Laverne Shirley theme song. It's called I Want It All. Uh, it's not very good. <laughs> it's not very good. And you know what? She, she doesn't get to have it all. She doesn't, she get, you know what, you know what you get? You get nothing. You get nothing. That's what you get for this. You lose. You lose. Good day, sir. God. Uh, uh, it, actually, that's, that is actually my first note after the music. It takes place in Vegas, has Cindy Greco music, and the makeup is hideous. That is my first note. <laughs> dear. And then oh, after that dear. is, and after that is, boo, Scott, and yay, Arnold slash Pat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Arnold is a great addition to the show. I will give give it that much. Uh, he's probably one of the better parts of the show, and his relationship with Nancy is really cute. Mm-hmm. I, I will say okay. that. Yeah, because to be honest, like I have, where's my note here? There is a, I have a headcanon about this that I feel like it would be great if the truth was that actually Arnold and, and Nancy have had this like on again, off again relationship. Like yes. for, dec- for decades, and like there's actually even a possibility that one of the group, one of the beauties, is actually their illegitimate child. Oh, that actually be fun. That would be that would be <laughs> excellent, and like have this really like emotional ending. But also, it's like you see, you're talented and smart, like your mom, and you're really fun and funny and sweet, like me, your dad. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's yeah. it's yeah, there's so many things, there's so many options that suddenly open up. Yeah, um, that that whole. Oh god, that op- that opening scene! Oh my god, uh, we're gonna have to talk about Scott. Okay, yes, Scott Bio for TS warning here. Um, yeah. We have we have to talk about Scott Bio, Bio, whatever. I don't, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if I'm I'm saying his name wrong because I'm not meaning to insult a culture. I mean yeah. to insult a person, and and he's not a really good person. Um, okay. Not my, so, not by yeah, my standards yeah. anyway. Not by my yeah, standards. Yes, yes, go. Yes, god. Damn it, Scott. How are you already like a rapist pig at this age? Like, the problem with this character is multifold. There's nothing really cute about it. Like a 13, 14-year-old boy who's constantly trying to knock on the showgirls that live around him. Mm-hmm. It's not cute. And they really thought it was cute that this kid is horny and all he, look, all he wants to do is look at these half-naked girls. And it's like, icky. It's icky. Oh God! And the, and the thing is, this was like a trope of this era. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is why. Oh God! This is why we have the men on the internet that we do, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. It's one possibly. of the reasons. It's one of the reasons. Possibly. I, I do love that uh, she inf- infantilizes him immediately. Like, get away! From, yeah. Get away from me, kid! Yeah. You bottom yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Good old Sunshine Acolino. I don't know why Linda Goodfriend's delivery is so kind of slushy and slow, but I mean, it is. It's kind of... Dude, how many whiskey sours do you think it takes to get through shooting one of these fucking things? Uh, 12 at least. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, future me can believe that if necessary. Yes, yes. Do that. Do that, future Chris. Do that, future Chris. Um, uh, I will say Sunshine's relationship with the Bellboy is kind of cute. Yeah, Desi Marvin. It's really cute. Yes, it's really sweet. Um, so, do you recognize who that is, though, right? Kind of vaguely, yeah, but you go ahead and tell our audience. That is Fred Fox as Marvin the Bellhop. Yay! Fred Fox, yes, Fred Fox Jr. Uh, he's really trying hard to hide his bald spot underneath that cap. Yeah. I feel so mm-hmm. sorry for that man because when you see photos of him from the Happy Days writing of of the Happy Days writing stuff a few years after this, I mean, it's the hair's going. Yeah. It's pretty gone. Yeah, yeah, he's given up. It's given up. The follicles have given up the fight. Yeah, they're they're just they're yeah. It's oh yeah, the last days. Um, yeah. But. Uh, it's yeah, he's super cute. I would have, and it's a bummer. He, this is his second appearance in the show, and the last time we they would see Marvin as his character, and it's like you know you actually have a decent character here and kind of a cute little relationship. You probably could have played with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. There, there's like maybe two or three good spots in Blansky's mutants. One of them is the Nancy and Arnold relationship. One of them is um, the uh, Sunshine Bellboy relationship. And maybe the, the other good part of it is Eddie Mecca and his uh, character, Joey, who is nothing like Carmine, thankfully. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Uh, he, he also wears a lot less clothes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They just gave up and they're like, look at the, te- look at the chesticles. Look at the man meat, folks. Look at the man meat. You just want just that hunk of slab of man right there. You just you just want to get your get your face, get your hands in. You want to get your eyeballs all over every single one of those pores. Those little man nipples just hanging out down there. Those abs just heading down to his happy trail. <laughs> I I do not know where the super uh, eroticized smutty cowboy thing came from, but I'm glad I went with it. Um. <laughs> Show us the man nipples, man nipples. So, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> nipples, nipples. Yep. Well, there's one man nipple. <laughs> <laughs> um, the poor guy gets only a few syllables per line, and one of the dumbest setups to a flashback ever. I, I, yeah, this I whole, know. oh man, this script. Yikes. It's weird. I just get a little down when I see everybody running around having a good time while I'm stuck rehearsing all the time. Like, yeah. is is he supposed to be 17, 15? How old is he's Joey? He's supposed to be somewhere in his 20s. I think he's supposed to be somewhere in his 20s. Because I know Except, Eddie, yes. yeah, because Eddie was around like 25 when he, 24, 25 when he shot this. And yeah. I mean, I, I, my note in all caps is, is this actually dialogue? Why are people laughing at this? <laughs> Were they this desperate for entertainment? Well, uh, but Gary was kind of this desperate to get something like this out there. He tried to make two different showgirl sitcoms. First is Blansky's, which flopped, and then he tried to go back to the subject matter again with uh, Who's Minding the Kids? Oh, God. Which ended up on NBC, and that flopped, too. <laughs> okay. So, F- future me, can you put, for the YouTube version of this, can you put up that little uh, Ryan Reynolds bit from Harold uh, and Camargo to White Castle? But why? <laughs> why? Uh, I don't know. It might have been his attempt at trying to answer Jiggle TV, is my only guess. Yeah. Uh, so we get non-genuine stock footage of non-genuine Milwaukee here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff with old cars. Well, wonders never cease. Buildings. And the, the audience is so thirsty for uh, 
somebody that looks like a celebrity that they actually have a standing ovation to Frank here. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, okay. What's kind of a bummer is I want to know how she's connected to Frank. Like, I mean, how, how connected is this man, especially with his toot and his attitude? I mean, did the mozzarella kingpin get in on this action at this event here? He's running. The, I mean, he's he's running the show, the benefit, which is yeah. which is cool and super in character for Frank. Super great. Yes. I love that detail. But um, also him smoking a cigar was a little weird. I know it's on brand for the period, but yeah. that's probably yeah. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, we don't see him doing it in Laverne Trolley. So it's a weird character detail. Yeah, exactly. Is Blansky a cryptid? Is she immortal? <laughs> uh, well, according to the timeline that we see in the show, yeah, it almost feels like she's immortal. <laughs> the way they write it, it's like, yeah. That's what it is. Her and Arnold are vampires. This is this is secretly yeah. the, 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 the alternate history, the alternate universe version of Only Lovers Left Alive. <laughs> the Only Lovers Left in Las Vegas. Shout, shout out to all my Jim Jarmusch pals out there. Solid. <laughs> Awesome. I was going to say, um, so enter Penny to a huge amount of applause from the audience. Mm-hmm. Huge amount of applause. They, they ripped the roof off of that place. Oh, yeah. Laverne is supposed to be pre-canon here. Just pre-canon. Uh, did you think she pulls that off very well? <sighs> yes and no. Um, partly because even... By the time they shot this episode, there was enough of Laverne's past established that she feels a bit too insecure. And she also and um, it's meant to be pre-canon Laverne, but 57 is actually a bit late because it's implied that her and, and, and Shirley move into the apartment pretty much right out of high school. So this is yes. like literally like the only way this works is the Laverne and Shirley move in episode is like yeah. two months from this point, yeah. maybe a month. Yeah. 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 So like uh, even the dreams she expresses are kind of the dreams Laverne has in the show, but it's not even really doesn't really even line up with what we learn of her, especially even before this. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah. think we're around season three. With the uh, uh, concurrent to Laverne Shirley, unless I'm completely nuts. Uh, season two, I believe. Let me just season double two. check. Yeah, pretty sure. Let me let me just double check this, um, because I'm gonna I, I, future me can trim this down if necessary. But go keep going ahead. I'll 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 come back to this in a second. I was going to say that by this time, I guess it's not true. By the time we get to like season four. We learn Laverne does have that hunger to dance, to do entertainment stuff, to do things that aren't, you know, just be a mom and a wife. Mm-hmm. And it's expressed in things like chorus line and all that, all that. So the idea of that being her motive that keeps her from Las Vegas doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. The idea of Frank not approving of it would be a better moral. Right. right. So. Uh, yeah, they were this was based on the timing they were starting probably to get filming on season three, but yeah, season two was still the most recent one. Cause uh, this episode wow. aired April 9th, 1977 season three, episode one is 20th of September, 77. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That makes some kind of sense. There it's it's kind of, it's kind of in between. Yeah. Uh, but both our answers that is. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so we're both kind of right in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, 
I, I love some of the dialogue here. Like, I was in a show that lasted two years, and it was, and I was in a show that lasted one night. Just stuck with first show. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Th- there's all these little dialogue bits that are there, there's. <sighs> Laverne becomes the big butt of the joke and it's cute, but it's kind of sad. Like, yeah. you know, there's a toilet here. Yeah, it's a suite, you know. <laughs> and and it's like, look how poor she is. Isn't it funny? She's awkward and boundary breaking. Isn't it funny? She's like the super happy Labrador, which should be adorable, but it's just this. It's a flow deficient mess. I mean, to be honest, like Jerry can do better than this as a director. I know. I know. We, we've seen him do better than this as a director across multiple other series. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy did Bachelor Party for crying out loud. Yeah, exactly. I love she. I love that Shirley was excited to meet Senior Wences. So. Mm-hmm. This is just Shirley detail. But yeah, the, the, the blocking isn't that great. Uh, the um, the sense of character is like kind of off-ish. It, and but Nancy Walker and Penny do have a great little tap number, a little dance number. Yep. Which is super cute and charming. That is a highlight. We gotta give them credit for that. Absolutely. Credit for one thing, and that'll be that. Mm-hmm. Can I sell one L on it? <laughs> no, I mean definitely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They put an L on it. All those, yeah, those little parts are really cute. That's super cute. And uh, Schultz, the uh, or uh, Counselor Seymour Gaffney. We'll yeah. we'll get to him in a yeah. second. Um, as a little, his whole bit, you know, the stand up bit, the sound effects, him with uh, Phil Foster. They're clearly having too much fun, and and I I love yeah. that. I get sucked in. Um, and even though he probably, you know, it's, it's a bit out of canon for him to call her this, that, that soon, um, Frank calling Laverne, his little muffin. It's, it is, it's a bit early, but it's super cute. He's still proud of her. I, I like that a lot. Yes. Yes. That's really sweet. Um, but yeah. And, uh, I think it was kind of interesting how they compressed the events, you know, of like, instead of offering her the job elsewhere, she, as the end of the performance, Hey, how do you want to go to Vegas? Yeah. It's 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 a good yeah. time. Um, and then. Yeah, God. this this episode yeah. feels like a weird dream to me. Yeah, yeah. It's like an alternate universe of her. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that Laverne would choose the Milwaukee life instead of the fun wild ride to Vegas. Because um, yeah. she'd always be able to come home. That's the whole point yeah. of having the roots that she comes from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the idea that she has to hang around the brewery where there are cute guys, like there are cute guys in Vegas, and that she wants to stay there and, ha- and marry a guy and have some kids and the kids move out and then she has a family life. You can have that like anywhere. That, that, then she eventually moves to California. So that kind of blows her a whole thing apart. So like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. It's bad reasoning. It could have been so much stronger. It could have been so much stronger. More interesting. The, the, I feel like this is a lesson of a lot of these types of episodes that and they show up on TV shows. It's like you basically tell the audience, the kids, you know, being a parent yeah. and a family person is really important and do your duty for the country because the dreaming well, big doesn't turn out. You want the audience to imagine themselves getting these possibilities instead of being unhappy that their lives aren't as glamorous. Like that's kind of what it comes off as just yeah. it is. It, this is conditional social programming. See, this is this is what happens when I, I do this instead of doing D&D is that I have to be Yordle the turtle here. I have to be the yeah. communist uh, turtle um, d- d- saying to overthrow and unionize, uh, overthrow the rich people and unionize the workforce. Um, 
but but that's but you, you catch what I mean though, right? Like I mean, I, I know yeah. I'm getting humorously off track, but like there is a sense of this is a lesson we have to project so that we maintain a certain television show balance. Yeah. The problem with the episode is that even actually, if you really think about, it, Laverne surely bucks this trend. Aside from you know what happens in season eight, which I won't reveal, with Laverne, this trend gets super bucked really hard during canon. And even post canon, when we get to the reunion show sketch, hmm. uh, uh, that whole notion gets completely bucked and uh, and dismantled in a lot of ways. But we'll get there eventually. But the show itself went a lot less conventional than even the scripting in this episode. So it's fascinating. Yeah, it's 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 wild. It just feels like Laverne and Shirley is very much about making the most of where you are and striving always and never, yes. you know, testing, testing says it. They persevere. Yes. This feels that it's about the choices we make and that the blue collar people are happy being blue collar and that's okay. Yeah. Just that's what it kind of comes yeah. off as to me. Yeah. It's like they had this whole idea well, where Nancy sees Laverne and goes, wow, this is impressive, but you can't remove Laverne from the series. What I could have said was maybe Laverne went there for a couple of weeks and she hated it. Yeah. Or, or, Laverne went there for a couple of weeks, but she couldn't keep up with the routines or Shirley wanted her to come home or she yeah. was too young and lied about her age. There's a million ways you could give this a better, different ending. Mm -hmm. But it's not, this is not good television. No, that's why it got canceled after one season. As we all know. Oh God. And it's, and it's sad because the parts that are cute and fun are cute and fun. Yes. Um, like, you know, she hugged me, you know, it's precious. Yes. yes. So let's make fun of war right now. <laughs> uh, I love that one. Uh, the chemistry between her, between Penny and Nancy Walker is genuinely cute. I will oh, it, absolutely. It, it makes you wonder why they didn't just bring Nancy in for an episode or two of yeah. and Shirley. Because yeah. can you imagine the chemistry of the Nancy Blansky character with Edna yeah. Babish? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that would have oh, been. What great. if they? Oh what God. if they knew each other? Yeah, yeah, that's completely possible with Edna's background. Oh God, is, is it the, the possibilities, man? Like, yeah. oh gosh. Um, I know all the all the missed opportunities here would just pile up after a while. Yep. It gets sad. And then we and then we get to you know our flashback is done and Laverne didn't want dance as much as she wanted other things. Sure, we believe. <laughs> this is, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, we totally buy that. And then Q, Cochise, and a bikini and making the guys hoot and holler. <laughs> oh, poor Cochise. You're, you're totally undercharacterized. All you are is mandated. Rehearsals in cold showers. My note on this quote from <laughs> Joey is, man, how do the Ragusas reproduce? <laughs> um i also have to point out about coaches this is really gross um she calls him little ears because she's native american <laughs> get it you get it you get it you get it oh, oh god, god painful, 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 oh god i i don't want this to be an explicit episode i'm trying really hard i'm trying really, <laughs> really say hard. The F -word. oh i'm really trying dude i i, I picture i'm just picturing you mouthing it or just running it in semaphore sign language 
I, you know, here's, here's what will happen. After we're done recording this, I'll send you all my notes and you can just see the whole thing and read it all yourself. Um, by the way, this I can say, Eddie can't Ronnie worth shit. <laughs> He's so bad at it. He just like noms the wrong side of his hand. That's how you do it. Watch Michael for a little while. And, and it doesn't even look natural for Eddie to pull it off. It doesn't feel rehearsed. Uh, I mean, it's so nope. stupid. Uh, and then Nancy is nice and lets him go have fun and get the, his. Um, okay, I'm good. Not. I'm just gonna stop there. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy sees uh, Godzilla meets Plasma Woman, which I take it is not a real Godzilla movie. I don't think. Okay. It is. Yeah. For, first of all, first of all, first of all, there has not been enough women kaiju in general, sadly, so it's inaccurate there. Secondly, a classic yeah. Godzilla movie would be either Godzilla Raids Again or King Kong versus Godzilla by this time, because when this came out, the oldies of this era were maybe at youngest like Godzilla versus the sea monster or son of Godzilla. Like that. That's about it. Cause this episode aired in 77. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the oldest would be like destroy all monsters, but like, yeah. Like, I mean, Godzilla versus Megalon had like, just like come out like a couple years prior. Terror of Mecha Godzilla. Ishiro Honda's last movie had just come out like two years prior. So, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, no, it's, it is inaccurate. Also plasma woman. Really? That's the best you got. That, that is weak sauce, even for an Ultraman and zone fighter monster. That, that, that is, yeah. that is, that is, oh God, even Spectre man's even better than that. Oh my God. Oh, my tokusatsu brain is dying. Uh, but hey, at least she gets eaten by the raft. Yeah, there you go. That was the weirdest bit of slapstick I've ever seen on a show. Because she really had to struggle to make it look like she was getting eaten by that raft. Yeah. She had okay. to struggle with it. Anyway, um, so yeah. So I've got notes for the folks before, but in front of and behind the camera. Because now we've kind of summarized the episode. So... I'm amazed that this episode is written by Roger Garrett. Yeah, so am I. Th- this was his only episode of Blansky's, thankfully. Um, but And he would jump to Laverne and Shirley around this time and working on the anniversary show. Uh, he begins in season five as a consistent writer for around 10 episodes, uh, including such inf- infamous ones as uh, Why Did the Fireman? He also did uh, oh, Born, yeah, Too, uh, Born Too Late, Helmet Weekend, and The Mummy's Bride. <gasps> yes. Um, he also worked on parts one and two of the Hollywood three-parter for Happy Days. You know the one. Yeah. And would later jump the shark onto its a living in the 80s and Empty Nest in the 1990s. Though, ironically, he worked on Empty Nest, but not the episode that Michael McKean is on. Yeah. Except in a producing capacity. Uh, Jerry Paris. Um, yes, we know he's a longtime comedic actor. He had great bit parts in films. I covered that last time we brought him up for um, Shotgun Wedding, but we're focused on the directing. He directed pretty much... 85, 90% of Happy Days, uh, but he also was the se- director of the second episode of Laverne and Shirley we mentioned. He uh, started in the early 60s directing a few episodes of The Joey Bishop Show and an episode of Farmer's Daughter. His first major stint was uh, 63 to 65 on The Bulldana Show. He would do three episodes of The Munsters, a couple of Tammies, and even of That Girl, mid-1960s. He would. Uh, he was a longtime director collaborator for Gary Marshall, and they met on The Dick Van Dyke Show, which uh, meant that Jerry basically directed all of Hey Landlord, where many plots were recycled for other Marshall for shows. Um, he also directed the 1970s You Just Don't Get It Man movie called The Grasshopper, which we love to joke Yay! about for its, for its one appearance yeah. of Penny Marshall. She's a plaster caster in that. It is amazing. Oh, man. Thankfully, after this fiasco of a series, he would stay with Happy Days until 1984 <laughs> and go on to work on two of the Police Academy sequels until 
unfortunately, Jerry Paris passed away tragically in 1986 as the age of 60 from a brain tumor that took his life. So good news, bad news about this episode is it did at least get me to look up people who worked on the show because there's some cool people in this. Um, Linda Goodfriend as Sunshine, now Kalino. Um, first of all, uh, Lori Beth, why, what are you doing here? Get, get back to the fifties. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I wonder, I have a theory that, uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the metadata for this show on IMDb is terrible. It's across the board. Like it's inconsistent. There's people for this episode credited that are regulars in other episodes and blah, blah, blah. Um, there's also the possibility Linda had this episode stripped from her resume, which I, I like to awesome. believe it's less likely the case, but I would love to believe that's the case. In any case, she would later she would appear here before ju- jumping off to Happy Days as Richie's girlfriend, wife, baby mama, whatever. Yes. She was also on the one season wonder who's watching the kids in the late 70s as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> but after a few guest spots and a conclusion, Happy Days in 84, she only kept acting really like in Gary Marshall movies. So like she's in Beaches, yeah. Pretty Woman and ugh, Exit to Eden. Um, ah, Exit to Eden. The best, worst thing he ever did. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but uh, Linda Goodfriend also did direct a short film in 2009 oh. and a TV movie in 1986, which is cool. Uh, apparently, as of this recording, she moved into be, has, has moved for a while into being an acting teacher, and in, including oh. recently serving as acting chair at the New York Film Academy as of mid-2020. Now, the reason this is pretty rad on top of all this is the fact that, you know, this is someone with a lot of experience. She's apparently quite a pretty cool person. As a really intense actor, she actually studied under Strasberg and Meisner in her early days uh, doing stage. Oh, so nice. She's passing down the knowledge to the kids, which is cool. Next, we get Pat Morita, Arnold, the Ageless Wonder. Um, I did not know Pat Morita's backstory until recording the, having to look up notes for this episode. And I am so glad I looked this up because wow, a legendary career. I've seen him in tons of stuff, obviously, you know, that I didn't even realize I saw him in like, um, I, yes. Okay. I watched the mystery files of Shelby Wu as a kid. Shush. Um, but when you look up Pat Morita's backstory as a person, you realize how much of a badass this guy was. Um, please go check that out. Highly, highly recommend because me covering it here would just be repeating the Wikipedia article just look it up. This guy dealt with internment camps, childhood illness, um, losing his father in his 20s. There's some amazing stuff. Here in Blancy's Beauties, he's smack dab in the middle of the 70s era with Mr. T and uh, Tina behind him, Happy Days still ongoing, and the infamy of Karate Kid and Collision Course ahead of him. He would feature on most episodes of this series of Poor Man. So, so the blonde guy that shows up in this episode, uh, we didn't talk about Mr. Smith. And part of that was because I could not find out who the hell played Mr. Smith. But um, the man with him, Stubbs, was George Pentecost and was able to find out information about him. He was regular on the show. And actually, this is one of his most regular parts in the 70s. He also had a small part around this time in All the President's Men, which is a pretty rad thing to have on your resume. Uh, he also did a little bit of bit TV parts, Starsky and Hutch, episode of Lou Grant, Rocker Files, Mork and Mindy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he did keep active as an actor until the mid-1990s, retiring for some years uh, before he passed away in 2003 at the age of 64. Um, Shirley Kirks as Cochise. Ugh. Um, so the sad thing about the Cochise Little Feather actor, Shirley, um, she was an alum for the Carol Burnett show. Oh, she had a run of dancer roles here and there before getting this part as regular on Blansky's. She also ended up on Happy Days as the character Blossom for four episodes. And we will be seeing her in The Duke of Squigman in season yeah. five. Oh, coming up. Soon exactly. For us. 
Yeah, soon for us because yeah, we're we're going to be putting this out in July, close to when we record it. But we're currently doing the season five episodes. Yes, we are. So it appears though she had a background in ballroom dancing and different dancing styles because she's worked as a choreographer on films such as Father of the Bride and Absolute Power, and was even one of the ballroom dancers in Dracula Dead and Loving It by Mel Brooks. Oh man, that's horrific. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Love that movie. I highly underrated. Oh yeah, no, that's that is my second favorite. It actually might be my favorite Mel Brooks movie, actually. But let's yeah, go a lot of good ones in there. Got a lot of good lines. I think that and Young Frankenstein are my two favorites of his, but you know, Aww. that's me. Let's see, I'm British. So are these. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's ghastly. I know. We should have put down newspapers. <laughs> that's actually how my that's parents and I pronounce newspapers whenever it's like oh we need newspapers uh, Fred Fox Jr. as Marva the bellhop as we mentioned he was also the bellhop on Laverne and Shirley Me Fabian he was the one who had the line wow. of uh, this is your plan's not going to work and you're both going to get, get arrested so he was typically a writer on the Marshall verse and was responsible for excuse me may I cut in for Laverne and Shirley before jumping to happy days for a whopping 28 episodes wow he also worked on, I believe he also worked on uh, Shock and Wedding, if I recall, for season five. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to leave it there. We've d- talked about this guy a lot, and I do think he comes back for another thing or two. We'll, we'll be a mention of him again. So Lenny Schultz, Mr. Gaffney, uh, he was a really regular working comedian in the 1970s. The whole routine that he does with the sound effects and this whole like military thing, that is all him. That was that was what he basically did. Uh, he was actually a huge influence on a lot of comedians at the time, including um, being name dropped, I guess, by folks like Gallagher, Carrot Top, and David Letterman. Um, he, they all, you know, thought he was the bee's knees, and he is uh, semi-retired as of the '90s, but still alive today. So, yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, as you yeah. can tell, that t- that took three hours, I think, to put all those notes together. Yeah, you did good work. You did good work. I'm just going to sip my water. Uh, you have anything else? Nah. Nah. Not a thing. We're getting close to being ready to rank this baby. Any, I mean, just any last thoughts about, like, this episode, the show? Like, what do you think? This show is amazing in a bad way. <laughs> it kind of really is. Uh, because you do think that a concept involving... Uh, Half-naked women and uh, Marshall, Gary Marshall-friendly comedy would at least work on some level. But no, it doesn't. It just does not. Yeah. It's just bad. It's just bad in a lot of ways. It is. Um, so, yeah, I, I have long final thoughts. I'll try to, I'll try to uh, okay. keep, this, keep this short and kind of paraphrase and take chunks out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight no seven paragraphs eighth one was the head canon about arnold and nancy being in a relationship um so the jokes land super flat it which which this should be a highlight this is a guest spot episode with crossover this should be good this should be excuse me may i cut in this should be shotgun wedding and uh and not even shotgun wedding the fonzie's funeral even yeah i mean it's it's got Penny and Phil in good form. You've got the cute, you know, Sunshine Marvin thing, you know, dies the quiet death of cancellation. And Nancy herself is just great. You know, she's yes. really strong as a character. The dialogue is awful. 
I mean, Joey being the childish kid, you know, Joey DeLuca is, you know, seeing Eddie being that way is really jarring, given it's so clear the youngest that this character is, is 20 or 21. And the whole setup of this cabal or menagerie of young performers feels more like out of a cheesy smut novel that like barely skirts the 18 or older restrictions on literotica or something. Um, (laughs) That's the way to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very visceral, but, you know, it's it's like if you know, you know, you know, it's like it's barely it's weird. And Arnold's getting used as the butt of the joke feels weird. And that may just be my memories of him on Happy Days being different from the reality of it. But God, and then Anthony Scott is such a creep. I mean, there's something posturing uh, the posture of his character. I mean, in the same way, I remember he reminds me of this kid that Tommy had a cat call when I was six, you know, and uh, it's oh God. And, uh, you know, yeah, uh, the idea of, you know, Anthony and Joey being related to Carmine makes a creepy kind of sense. I mean, like, no wonder Carmine turns into a gigolo and does every divorcee or widow he he can in a 20 mile radius. No wonder he practically cheats on Shirley. No wonder he's womanizing jealous little short legged twerp. It's in the genes. It's the genes. I don't like it. I mean, it doesn't do much for me. The high points of the dance number, the Gaffney sound effects, and the Godzilla reference are weighed down by a really plotty middle portion, undercooked writing, terribly boring dialogue, and just a generally bland execution. This basic-ass TV, TV show, this is basic-ass TV. And this show, in my opinion, deserved to die. In fact, give me the gun, I will put a bullet in its effing head to finish it off. I will old yeller this bastard for you. No problem. Don't even gotta pay me for it. You need a hit on this fucking show? I will do it. Just all around disappointment. Anyway. Oh my. Well, it is that bad, so it is three. It's a three. It's all I'm gonna give it. Yeah, it's it's about yeah, it's yeah, it's about three. It's about no, it's about two for me. Screw it. It's a two (laughs) for me. Uh there only things worth watching here are the um performance with uh, Nancy Walker and Penny. When they perform on stage, when they get to dance together. Uh, otherwise, it's forgettable. And scripting is bad. And this is why Gary Marshall should not have done Jiggle TV. That's why Exit to Eden is awkward. <laughs> I don't, still don't know why he made Exit to Eden. God, Exit to Eden and the other sister. It's like, wow, what was he thinking? I, I am... <laughs> I'm so going to have to watch that movie at some point in its entirety yeah. and not, not just yeah. trying to find the nudie bits when I'm 10. <laughs> as far as I can remember, it was the most sanitized movie about bondage in the history of the world. That's all I remember about Exit the Eden or his version of it. Just oy vey. Oy vey. Yep. Yep, I do. Yeah. All right. So I guess that that covers it, don't it? Oh yeah. I I uh, I hope our I hope our fans are happy that they made us suffer. I'm sure our friends will will be <laughs> d- d- delighted that we've we've uh, eviscerated it. They love us no matter what. Yeah. I I, I mean I expect that this is going to be like a total vanity episode. We're not going to get many people watching this. Maybe tons of people will watch this. I don't know, but. Yeah. But anyway, um, thank you, everybody. I think that's going to call it for now. Is is there is there anything else? Is there anything else? No, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I've I've talked I've talked too much this episode anyway. Um, okay, yeah. so so talk plenty, just a random amount. <laughs> so anyway, 
I think with that, we'll uh, we'll just thank everybody for who voted on the poll to make us go through this, because as much as I, I was I was in physical pain because of watching this the <laughs> second time around, I, I actually had a headache. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I thank you all. Please do not feel discouraged from voting on the next poll because it probably it, we don't know. It might be something that we love and it might be something that we hate even more. We don't know. Oh, God, that's right. What are we? We are doing something after that. We'll get to that in a minute. Yes. Um, yeah, but I know exactly what we're doing, too. Anyway, so <laughs> thank you, everyone, so much for watching, uh, for listening, for putting up with us through this. Giggling. If you would like to know more, if, if you like to actually, here's the thing. If you would like us to talk about a good show, you can find us at Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, Patreon, WordPress, and YouTubes. Or find us on Twitter at Night After Night PC. And uh, you can join us for more discussions. You can let us know what you think of this episode. Would you like to see us do other special episodes like this where we do other crossovers? Uh, there's a few Happy Days crossovers we haven't done yet, and we should probably get around to those. Oh, God. So we we don't know exactly when this episode is going to get done. What is our other other special episode we're doing, Lisa? Well, you know how there's Laverne Shirley porn parody? Our viewers decided that we should watch it. So we're going to watch Laverne Shirley XXX, a Dream Zone parody. Oh, man. So we know enough about this that I can say, (laughs) those of you that want to hear us talk about a porno flick, you are going to be delighted at the fact that you'll get to guess what infuriates each of us more and which are we on the same page or do we have our own individual distastes for it and, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a ride. Oh my God. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 uh, I feel, I, I'm, I got a Bob Belcher thing going now. It's just, Oh my God. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, I, I don't, I don't know if we should be doing this anymore. I don't really <laughs> we want should to. Be. We should be doing it forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, I, I, please tell me there's more wine in the in the fridge. <laughs> sure, Bobby, there's more wine. I can't even do a freaking Goodlands butcher now. Oh, you just it's just practice. It's practice. Bobby, Bobby. Closer. I'm getting close. I start sound like well, like Lois or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm not. I'm not Peter. I'm not going to get be ever be okay. Peter. I will never yeah. tell my daughter. I will. I will never ever tell my daughter to shut up the way that Peter tells Meg okay. to shut up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. Anyway. Okay. All right, we're yes. rambling. Anyway, so so uh, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time, and um, just. Say no to Blansky's beauty. Say no to bad television like this. Say no to racist archetypes. Say no to bad guest spots. Say no to Scott Bio. Say no to Jiggle TV. Amen. Bye, y'all. Uh...